Welcome to the official podcast for the 28th Annual FIRST Conference in Seoul, South Korea. The conference is taking place between June the 12th and June the 17th. For more information, go to www.first.org. Tom on the show, we're lucky enough to be joined by Tom Siclarella and David Leneau from Adobe Security. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. You're going to be talking at the upcoming conference about debugging the decade, 10 years of product incident response at Adobe. And I'm sure you guys have got a lot of experience in, in the areas of, of product response. You've been doing this for a long time now. Can you give us a little bit of a hint about what you're going to be talking about? Sure. So this all came about because... Um, it occurred to us recently that the, the product security team at Adobe actually came over with the Macromedia acquisition, uh, and that closed about 10 years ago. So we thought it'd be a good time to kind of do a retrospective and, and think about how things look uh, differently in the response world than they did 10 years ago. And uh, also look at, at how kind of the, the company has evolved. When, when we were doing response 10 years ago, it was primarily desktop stuff, runtimes actually in particular, Flash Player and Reader, and that's certainly still the case, uh, with some server stuff like Cold Fusion involved as well. But as the company has gone into the cloud, um, like a lot of uh, a lot of companies, we are more of a services company now. So that sort of vulnerability response from the past has now become more of traditional incident response blending in with vulnerability response. So just add in, part of what we'll talk about is how we've made the transition from pure just product incident response to the services as well. So this is kind of the, the distinction between Dave and myself, where Dave focuses on the product side, I focus on the services side. So we'll talk about what some of the differences between them are from us, as well as the lessons that we've learned along the way. Adobe is is very well placed to kind of discuss some of the, the issues that companies that are, are just trying to set up their their p-cert and trying to figure out what kind of things they're meant to be covering they're struggling with with trying to deal with the the, the issues of of desktop support whether or not they're dealing with uh, mobile applications and then looking at the huge issues of of moving towards a cloud service so i mean can you talk a little bit about some of the some of the difficulties you've faced over the last 10 years and and how you've kind of overcome those issues sure yeah so um that it's interesting. Um, I think we heard you guys were talking to the, a couple of guys from CERT CC about um, a P-CERT. I think it was like a P-CERT training that they're doing, something along those lines. Yeah, they're going to be doing a, a workshop talking a little bit about how to set up a P-CERT. And this is obviously where I see you guys fitting quite nicely with what they're covering. There's, there's a lot of knowledge that you have that that uh, the CERT CC guys are also going to be trying to, to give and, and kind of guide people through their workshop as well. So I think these, these two topics really complement each other very well. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And, and we have some, uh, some talking points along those lines. Just um, I think more and more uh, companies are beginning to recognize that, uh, you know, everybody pretty much is, is putting out some kind of software these days. So, 
we need to both what I refer to as a, as a traditional incident response, so you know internal network response, as well as put out updates for our own products and services. And one thing that is, is pretty striking that we've been talking about recently is the fact that a lot of Fortune 100 and Fortune 1000 companies don't have any kind of vulnerability response process in place. So they don't have kind of a, a door open for researchers to get in touch with them. And that's, that's really step one is, is getting that in place and getting comfortable with the fact that there are vulnerabilities out there uh, in the services or, or websites or whatever it is that you have facing the public. I was talking to uh, Alex Rice from HackerOne, uh, which is a platform we use to, to get vulnerability reports. And he was mentioning that when they talk to you know, these, these big Fortune 100 companies, they'll say, well, we've never had a vulnerability report. We don't have vulnerabilities. And he'll, he'll ask them, so do you have a place where people can report them? No, we don't need to because we don't have any vulnerabilities. So it's this you know, endless, infinite loop. So anyway, that's that's one thing to to kind of keep in mind. The other thing that was kind of striking to us when we looked back at ten years ago on the vulnerability response side, um, state of the art at that time was just to have like a, a reporting form for vulnerabilities and, and to have a static web page where you um, might post people's names or, or you know you mention somebody in a security bulletin. Ten years ago, if you told me there are going to be multiple platforms for getting vulnerability reports, things like HackerOne or BugCrowd, uh, I would have laughed at you. You know, the idea that somebody could build a viable business around something like that is is pretty amazing to somebody uh, who's doing vulnerability response 10 years ago. Well, things certainly have changed over the last 10 years. I know that uh, when I moved into the industry, which is probably less than 10 years ago now, Adobe at the time was going through a period where um, security uh, patches were coming out on a very regular basis, shall we say. And, and and things have changed quite a lot over that time period. You've obviously fed back into your SDLC and made improvements on the back end that have, have really started to kind of make your program um, more of a guiding light for other companies that are looking to make their systems and their programs better. How has that been internally? Has that been a, a big fight to try and change how things are looked at internally? Or has that always really been something that you've been holding core to, to what your, your company is? Yeah, it's a, it's thank you for the, the kind words. Um, it has been quite, quite a journey. So uh, one of the things that we, 10, 10 years ago, you know, when the, there were a number of reader issues being reported um, and we had our first exploit in the wild this is something we talk about in the the presentation it took us six weeks to put out a an update and that was a painful six weeks for everyone involved and over time the the product team they they felt a lot of pain we have a, a screenshot of an executive doing uh, an interview a tv interview about the exploit that was out there at the time up and down the the company, you know, the org chart. There, there was a lot of a lot of people who uh, understood the importance of improving things, and the patch time was a big focus at that time. It took six weeks. Uh, now we're down to more more like forty eight hours, and that that took a lot of work from the product team. So, as much as we'd like to take credit on the security team side, um, we were just there, you know, kind of giving them pointers and giving them parameters for what needed to happen. They're the ones who, who did the, the really hard work. So there was, there was a lot of elements, not just working on the security of the products themselves, but making, uh, making sure that 
our end users could update quickly, whether it was uh, an end user consumer who uh, could turn on auto updating um, or silent auto update in the background or an enterprise user who had a managed environment um, and who needed to uh, deploy the updates. So that was something that we learned from the desktop side. We needed to make the updating process a lot easier um, so patching could be done more smoothly. So something else I would jump in with here is that now, you know, as we've moved on to becoming a services company as well, we can't just get away with telling our patches, our customers to patch and everything will be great. You know, we are now the consumers uh, in a lot of cases for those patches as well. So we're now living through, uh, you know, some of the similar types of pain of making sure that across our entire services portfolio, we can stay as secure as possible by updating things as quickly as they're patched, uh, if only all products that we work with can auto-update like like Adobe does. Uh, it'd probably be an easier job. But uh, So again, this is part of the, you know, the difference between the two groups that we'll, we'll talk about in the slides. So I guess that perfectly places you to, to understand the issues across both sides of things. So obviously, you've, you've built up the process for how you would deal with your software, how you would patch your software, and you've learned from, from the mistakes there and then the issues to try and make that process better. Now you're facing that issue with other companies. So are you kind of going out and communicating with the companies that you rely on for the software you, you base your cloud infrastructure on and, and trying to educate them about some of the issues that you are already aware of and how they can make things better? Yes. So, and we'll talk about this uh, in the presentation about cultivating the community. And this is just another aspect of that. So working with all the vendors that we rely on. So yeah, we have very close relationships with some of those biggest ones, but you know, I suspect we could be back here 10 years from now talking about this again, talking about the transition uh, in, in services such that we could be in such a good place as we are today in the desktop. Yeah. It's not always as simple as just saying, well, as if everything auto updates, then we're going to be we're going to be golden. Yeah. And, 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 and just like some of our largest enterprises will not allow auto updates to just happen, we would we would be in the same boat. So it's yes, it's not so simple as that. It's sometimes uh, sometimes auto update can cause as many problems as it as it cures. Obviously, in in, in infrastructure where you're integrating multiple different technologies, then uh, auto update can sometimes be the enemy. Yes, I agree. There's a number of great things that, that I hope you're going to be talking about, and I really hope to kind of sit down and, and pick your brain about kind of the things you've learned over the last 10 years. But I think you've, uh, you've covered quite a lot about what you're going to be talking about, and I really look forward to seeing the upcoming presentation. Yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're really looking forward to it. What are, what are the beers there? OBs, Heights, they're on us. Anybody else who wants to swap stories, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, we're, we're going to be excited to be there. Can't wait. You've been listening to the official podcast of the 28th Annual First Conference in Seoul, South Korea. Occurring June 12th through 17th, 2016. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>